0: Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile.
0: With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15,
1: 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you
0: live. Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall Show. Hi, I'm Paul and I'll be your host today. Um, don't forget, you can join us at 8pm every single Monday um, on uh, Facebook, uh, YouTube or um, Twitter if you want to watch us live. Also, you can get the um, the recording as a podcast um, as well on New Zealand Sport Radio. Also, if you want to get in touch with me at Driving Mall on Twitter, is probably the best way to um, have a chat. Or you can check out the uh, New Zealand Sport Radio Facebook page um, as well. Um, Stephen Harris, who unfortunately cannot make it um, this evening, uh, has been doing some good stuff on there with Club Rugby. He got to two games at the weekend, doing some post-match interviews with in Club Rugby um, up in Auckland, uh, and was also um, on SENZ um, with Eamon, uh, who was here um, the other week um, with um, staff. Um, talking about club rugby um, as well. So uh, do um, check that one out. Um, Good evening to Nocturnal Rights, who has joined us in the live chat over there on YouTube. Um, Get any mates tonight, Paul? And the answer is no. Uh, Looks like it could be a solo show. Um, There is one possibility who might join us. Um, As he said, hey, I can join, but then he's not seen the return message of the link. So um, looks like I'll probably be on my own uh, this evening um, drinking a a good George um, IPA in a uh, good George yeah glass. There you go. Um, so yes, that's my um, tipple of the uh, evening. Um, not only has Stephen been uh, uh, gallivanting around on different shows, but um, so have I uh, at the weekend. Um, I was on uh, What's the Score, um, which um, is uh, a, uh, an, uh, an Irish radio show um, talking about the All Blacks. Um, and I will be also... Um, recording um, another uh, show for the Harping on Rugby um, podcast as well. So look out for both um, of those. Um, Robbie in live chat on Facebook says, uh, did you enjoy the Kiwis versus and, and Tonga? Um, yes, I did watch that game. Uh, it must have been, it didn't have the volume one. I also watched, had the ladies game one in the background as well uh, for both the men's and ladies of those Kiwis versus Tonga. Um, two good wins for both the uh, Kiwi sides there. Uh, and... Uh, Join us on Wednesday evening at 8pm for um, the standoff show where both Brad and Richie will go through all of the um, international action uh, that was there in the league, um, as well as also talk about the um, Gone Blank, uh, talk about the uh, State of Origin as well, which is now at one all. Well, Nocturnal Rights, you said, uh, is anyone joining me this evening? Um, And yes, there's John. Good evening, guys.
1: Good evening, listeners. We'll thousands and thousands of fans <laughs> now 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 um
0: it's not thousands it's hundreds of thousands how dare you just, um, let's, sorry, let, um... Let, 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 let's get this right around the globe obviously um so um so yeah so say that's where it's Steve, you can catch Stephen and myself on different shows um around uh um, on that one uh, nocturnal right says hurrah john there we go see you're famous um in your in your own lifetime, uh, in that one, um, Simon's so bringing up speed and a whole bunch of other um, stuff uh, that uh, that's been going on around the place. And yes, we will be mainly looking forward to uh, the international games that are coming up. Um, but boy, oh boy, there's been some. <laughs> there's already been some action already. Um, obviously, the All Blacks saw off England and then went on to see off um, Spain as well. Um, the Namibia. And played the Blue Bulls um, and lost that one 12 to uh, 47. That was a bit of a warm-up game because emerging Italy um, is who they uh, um, Sorry, not emerging. Italy. They played Italy A after that, losing 21 to 43. So um, good to see uh, Namibia getting some games. Not so good for them on the uh, results, mind you. Um, the uh, also we've um, uh, had uh, Japan playing two Test series. Um, against Uruguay, winning that one two nil with two um, very good wins for them. Um, also, uh, the uh, Netherlands um, beating Zim, uh, sorry, losing to Zimbabwe seven to thirty, so Zimbabwe getting a game in, and uh, Portugal going close against Italy. A bit of a surprise there, thirty one to thirty eight, closer than I would have thought it would be, but uh, it's a good result there um, for Portugal. Um, but it's uh, but John, it's good to see these uh, tier two nations getting some games in. Uh, ahead of the uh, oh, actually, one other one before I before, before ask you that, um, Chile lost to um, Scotland five to F- Scotland A, five to 45. So, but it's good to see these um, tier two uh, countries getting um, uh, getting gains in Stephen. Sorry, John, well, oh, dear me,
1: Stephen must be a very good looking fella. Um, also a pilot. <laughs> um, yeah, because if without gains, how do they improve? This is Absolutely. the thing. Unless they get a shot at playing uh, test matches, you can't expect improvement from these countries. It's a, it's it's a requirement if you want to grow the game.
0: It is. It's, it's difficult to a certain degree because as much well as these teams aren't fully professional, so for them to yeah. take off a month to go tour um, can be difficult sometimes. Uh, so be, so putting these one-off games and taking the games to two them also so Italy went to went to Namibia to play. Um I think it was, or was it in South But way, they flew um so it's Italy played um uh yeah it's Italy played in Portugal um Italy A played in South Africa actually so the Namibia, Namibia game was in Cape Town but still I think a lot of their players would be based in South Africa. Um so it's good to see those games go to the countries because I say taking time off to, to travel um, yeah. as well as train uh it, it's harder for them to do so. Um, the uh, John, we've not sort of talked to you in a while, so did so. Um, uh, I guess a couple of things we should probably uh, catch up with you on. What did you think of um, Super Rugby? Because I don't think we've, we've we've talked to you for most of Super Rugby Pacific, um, and particularly how well the Crusaders uh, uh, saw off the semi-final and final to, uh, uh, to to take the title again.
1: Well, Super Rugby this iteration confirmed something for me that I've thought for a long time, which is that super rugby itself over the last 26 years, 20, 27 seasons, I think it's been going, is a competition, an intensely hard-fought competition where a group of teams from a number of different countries take each other on some home game, some away, and fight furiously to come up with a team to make it to the final where they're going to lose to the And that's... (laughs) That's that's what Super Rugby is, right? They just... There might be an odd year where they might lose the final. Um, There might be a few years they were in the late Norts, early teens, where they still made the playoffs every year uh, but that wasn't acceptable and everybody got so upset because Todd Blackadder wasn't supposedly good enough but still they were competitive every year uh, but generally um, the Crusaders are just light years ahead of every other franchise and they continually produce players um, that and and bring them up to a level which is extraordinary you know and um, and the the basis of their success is their, their forward pack, and they they understand that no matter how flash the backline may be, if you want to win rugby games consistently, you need a five five, and and the forward pack that are dominant and moving forward, and uh, they've got systems in place. Obviously, a team ethos, almost a family ethos. Uh, that was uh duplicated for a period by the blue bulls and at the height of their success with Heineken. Kamea, but uh, overall long term and um, the crusaders are just an exemplary franchise um, yeah
0: yep <clears throat> is it a feedback loop with the all blacks in the professional era for the crusaders um no i don't think it is a feedback loop with the the all-blacks i think there is i think it's about putting um your pathways in place so that you bring players through so when they arrive at the environment they're ready to play um which we've seen this year with about 14 new players i think it is into uh, the uh, crusaders crusaders squad um and it's also been about developing coaches through that same sim, same and similar pathway if you look at uh, i mean razor came through uh, canterbury uh they've got academies in Canterbury and Tasman, and the vast majority of the players that they take on come through those two provinces. So a lot of the players know each other, play with the, play with each other through age grades or through at least um, the semi uh, semi uh, professional stages before reaching the Crusaders. So it's not like players are arriving. It's the old player like several Rees who who has come from other places, but on the whole, George, George um, Bridge. Uh, yeah, but on, on on the but on the whole, most players come through. Um, Canterbury and Tasman know the players around them, uh, and it all kind of uh and, it, and therefore uh, the, the sprinkling on top that Razor or whoever the head coach has to do um, to, to get that extra to, um, if they if they add five percent, but if the Blues or the Crusade or the Chiefs add five percent, they're still going to be behind them because they have just because the level they they, they start at because of all because of that background um, is uh, is so strong.
1: Well, there's for me, if you're a young rugby player in New Zealand and you want to make the All Blacks, you should do everything in your power to try and get a contract with the Crusaders. And I don't mean that because of preferential selection. I mean, that is the best environment to go to in order to grow as a rugby player. And with, without doubt. Players that are supposedly not good enough in other franchises, uh, go to Christchurch and wind up uh, just shining and excelling, especially among the forwards. Uh, Forwards are really where they – I think sometimes where the Crusader uh, selections to the All Blacks might be found short is in the back line because they they will play nine out of ten games in a year, 90% of the times they play as a back line, they will be on the front foot because the Crusaders forwards will 90% of the time be dominating our position. And at test match level, that doesn't always, that doesn't happen 9 out of 10 times for the All Blacks. And they don't have that, in fact, it probably is even like 95% of the time with the Crusaders. But so when the, the certain teams front up to the All Black pack, have them at least hold them or maybe have a slight dominance and now suddenly the ball is on the back foot, and not because they maybe. I'm not implying that they're not good players, they just got no experience playing in that position and playing with that sort of pressure in their faces as the back line players for the Crusaders. But otherwise, if you're a forward, there's, there's no other first choice to grow and develop as a regular player. As much as I, yeah, it pains I, me to say... I, I,
0: I, I would I would say actually that you don't want to be moving at that point because you're, you're, the chances of you making the Crusaders and not being in their catchment area is pretty low. So you want to be going to either Christchurch Boys High or Nelson High, uh, Nelson Boys High School, um, because then that will get you in the pathways to be in the whatever um, the, it the
1: whatever it, whatever, it um, but whatever it yeah, takes whatever it takes. If
0: you're leaving it until if you're trying to move from another another province to uh, the Crusaders, as I say, it's few and far
1: between. The
0: majority of their players come through those two provinces. Though, if you, but I mean, look,
1: look look for instance, just as an example, George Bridge, not considered good enough for the Blues, becomes an All Black. Look at Bryn Hall, considered sort of pedestrian at Super Rugby level, and I was so impressed with his service and his play on uh, in the final. And he has just come on leaps and bounds at the Crusaders. Just two just simple examples.
0: Now George Bridge was Canterbury and, and in the Crusaders, didn't? didn't um,
1: no, but originally he's from Northland.
0: Um, yeah, but he went into the into the uh, into Canterbury um, uh, piece. I'm trying to see which school he went to. But I can't. It's not on Wikipedia, unfortunately. Um,
1: oh, you'll have Steve very upset. I, I will. The, the, right. the bridge. The Bridge Boys will. uh, The Bridge Boys are all from. I don't know if it's Fongerey, but they're definitely from Northland.
0: So um, so yeah, so there's 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 um. Um. That that's uh, uh, that p um. Triple T is a um. Well, yeah. Triple T is. Let's be honest. He he is someone who's moved um after being uh, kind of later. That's why. That's why I was saying you need you want to move during your um.
1: Development. uh,
0: Development years, if you can. The earlier, uh,
1: the, the earlier, the better, and the pathways there are outstanding. They just, yeah, they, they just are uh, outstanding.
0: I'll not turn right to the screen. He says, "Bridge of Palmerston to North Boy." Okay, well, we'll see. I'm not. i would I, I, I don't know his uh, uh, his his background. Um, the born in Gisborne, so yeah, so he would be. it would be palmy. He would have come through, hmm. um, probably.
1: Mm. Um, the Scott Barrett is not from Christchurch.
0: Oh no, Scott, I mean, Scott Barrett is, a, is, is obviously is a Taranaki boy. Um, went down for university, I think. Uh, and um, uh, Goodhue is the player that actually you're talking oh, about. Goodhue's I'm so not, sorry. Not, sorry.
1: Not oh, my bad. Yes. My bad. I um, had a blonde moment. Um, Jack Goodhue, not George Bridge. My bad.
0: And uh, and yeah and. And John does try to tell us that, that his his grey silver hair is blonde. It's not true, but there we go. Um,
1: this, this is sunshine. <laughs> this colour is called sunshine and divorce. <laughs> oh, dear me.
0: So, um, so yes, that's the um, uh, that, that that's yeah. As you say, um, Super Rugby again boiled down to what we thought or what 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 it has been for so many years. Um, looking forward then to uh, to some of the rugby that's coming up over the next week. And there's a lot of it, so we won't be able to cover it all. Um, first up, on Wednesday night, we've got the Maori All Blacks versus Ireland. And then at the weekend, you've got Romania, Italy, United States, the French Barbarians, Japan, France, New Zealand, Ireland, Australia, England, South Africa, Wales, um, the, a Curry Cup 15 versus Italy A, uh, Canada versus Belgium, Argentina versus Scotland, and Georgia versus an Argentina 15. Whew. That's, that's a lot of rugby to take in, folks. Um, uh, the, um, so yes, yeah, so so um, yeah, we won't be able to get through all of that, um, obviously. But as I've got you on, John, um, your thoughts uh, ahead of the um, South Africa series against Wales—are um, you looking forward to that? Um, do you think it'll yeah. be competitive? Um, yeah. What, what, what are you looking for
1: from that? I, I think um, it's very. We've been very blessed here in New Zealand. We've gone through some some tough lockdowns especially the people of Auckland who have experienced a very different last three years um, to the rest of us. But it's very easy for us to forget how tough things have been in other parts of the world. And the Springboks, who are world champions and ranked number one in the world, will on Saturday play their first game in South Africa. After winning the World Cup, they will play their first game at home for three years. If you think about that, the All Blacks... No,
0: no, no, no. The, 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 they played at home against the British Irish Lions, remember? So um, first game against the full crowd, maybe, but not... Uh, oh, but no, sorry, even...
1: sorry. The first game in with with the stands full in yep. three years, right? So they haven't had a stadium of fans able to cheer on their champions. Uh for three years, not since 2019. So, I mean, that's an extraordinary amount of time to not have uh, your home fans to play in front of. So, um, yeah, challenging, very challenging times uh, that the rugby world has gone through. And I think, um, I mean, every test in South Africa is absolutely sold out, every home test. And uh, I, I think it's going to be quite a special event as much for the celebration of the game as anything else. So, yes, I am really looking forward to it and, and to see the kind of cohesion and direction that they're going to be taking now, the Springboks, as they they line up for the World Cup next year.
0: Yeah, um, five o'clock kickoff in South Africa, so it should be uh, nicely in some, in some nice sunshine as well. Um, not under So good to see an afternoon-ish kickoff-ish, I say. Um, Ish. The... <laughs> Um, unfortunately, in some ways, um, they uh, have, um, <laughs> as Richard Sterling says, who is our, uh, our Wednesday night, um, Springboks are the same problem as my Warriors. No home crowd. Yes, that's true. Um, but the box up against Wales, who are now ranked ninth in the world in a bit of a tailspin, in a bit of a kind of a, a mess at the moment, unfortunately, under the, with their um, under their coach. So I'll be honest. I'm expecting a fairly one-sided affair um, for the uh, against Wales, so it'll be a bit of a um, a carnival celebration, 3 0 victory from um, as, as far as I uh, for, from I expect uh, for mm. that big home crowd um, mm. seeing their their um, their world champions for the first time. Um, unfortunately, yes.
1: it will be a carnival atmosphere, and um, and there there are a lot of players in South Africa that are fighting fiercely to make that World Cup squad for next year. A lot of young players coming through, a lot of uh, older players, stalwarts of uh, of former teams in the last three, four years who know it's their swan song. Certain team members of the bomb squad, for instance, the replacements of the bench. So... Uh, For a number of players, they're fighting furiously for that place. So it's going to be, you know, I feel a little bit for Wales at the end of a very long season for them. Um, Then again, South Africa is playing the same season, you know. So the 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 South African teams now their their season lines up with Europe. Um, They're all at the end of the long season, and uh, yeah, it'll be very interesting. But I think. Uh, Wales might cop a uh, hammering especially among the forwards it might not necessarily be on the score line but physically uh, I think it could be yet quite brutal
0: yeah it'll try to do Wales are the first picks for it um if so we'll be competitive look I think <coughs> Wales haven't performed pretty well recently uh, they've got a couple of injuries um I think from memory uh but yeah so it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a tough one for them one versus ninth in the world um and gives you a good a good indication um of, of that one um and as Simon says he thinks the matches are at altitude, um, with the uh, first one in Pretoria, uh, followed by Blumfontein, um and the final game in uh, in Cape Town. So the final one not at uh, not at altitude, but uh, kicking off at altitude, which won't help Wales either.
1: Mm. Pretoria is um, high, Blumfontein, not as high, but Pretoria altitude is high. A very quick field. Um, yeah.
0: Who is going to be the String box number eight? Well, we'll see when the... Uh, when the uh, yeah, no, it's,
1: no, well, it's going to be Jasper Visa. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. Um, you know, there's been some strange thought that Dwayne Vermillion had been dropped. It's not that. He's got an injury. I think it is a hamstring. Hamstring or knee. Stand corrected. Um, so he's re- rehabilitating that. Um, otherwise, he would definitely be in the squad, but Yes, but Visa was, uh, I think, man of the man of the match for the final, the, the Premiership final in the UK for England. Do um, you, you know this better than I do? Paul?
0: Well, yes and no, because you're going to hear when we talk about England, Australia versus England. I've not been following much English rugby recently at all, and hence there's a lot of names in that England squad that I don't recognise. Um, so I'm going to be okay. it's going to be interesting to see see that point of things. Um, Johan uh, rugby in uh, Life trackers that um, Evan Roos must be the box number eight. Yeah, uh, doesn't uh, we'll see. I don't think so though. Um, as you say, John. Yes, with this, not only doing it in uh, domestic group, but it, look, he's he's done it in, in the Springbok jersey as well.
1: Yeah, well, uh, uh, Jake White had a famous saying when he was the four years of coaching the Springbok that one season does not a Springbok make. Right, so a, a requote of the old one swallow does not a summer make. Right, one season does not a springbok make. He made two exceptions in the four years for that. The two players he selected at the end of their first season playing internet playing uh, premier level rugby, Super Rugby. One was, uh, was uh, Francois Tan, who is bidding to become the only player next year to win three World Cups. And the other one you might have heard of him, his name's Brian Habana. Those were the only two players that he ever selected that had excelled for more than one, for only one season, at the top. So um, I, I think Evan Russ's time will come, but I'm pretty sure they're going to stop Jasper Visa, and Reuss is in the squad, um, and he may well, you know, play off the bench, at least for one of the one of the tests. As they bleed them into the system and their playing system.
0: I ah, look, I mean, um, if if the box are up two nil, um, we might see some changes that third game as well with giving a few a few players an opportunity. Exactly. Um, but don't, exactly. Expect mass, don't expect mass changes. I wouldn't have thought.
1: Don't think mass changes. Also, remember the box have only got a certain amount of time to put their structures in place for the following year, and the Springboks play a a, a different game to uh, the Stormers. Uh, it's not Vastly different. It's still they're both very physical, but it's it's a far more direct game um, at the Springbok level, and because they've got a, a different core across the midfield in the in Andre Pollard. Um, help me here, help uh, me
0: here. and then the, um,
1: yeah, t- the, yeah, you were there, Damien Delende, right? And and of course the captain of the Sharks. Uh, um. Time. Um, um yes um so with those three across the middle there's a different style of play to the stormers and they they much more direct um and with a lot of especially off the bench in the second half a lot of impact runners running with them so yeah so and and also what will be very interesting to see um, is the Effect of the return of the former World Rated Player of the Year at Blindside. So, when you've got that dynamic of him coming back, because remember, he wasn't around for um, one, and a half, one and a half tests against the, the Lions and the rest of the season with his knee being done. So, you know, once you've got uh, Peter Steph to toy back, how will they fit him in? What will be the dynamics of that? of the back three and the um, among the forwards. You have to, you have to have uh, captain Marvel there. Um, where will they fit Dwayne from Milan when you return? So that'd be quite an interesting dynamics because Kwaka Smith has been outstanding. He really has been outstanding. He's been in Japan, of course, playing, but the times that he's played, um, the impact that he's had, it really, especially playing against the All Blacks. His impact um, as a, as an open side of extreme place um, was excellent. So, how they balance that out is going to be very interesting. Right. Well, we're
0: going to move on from that now because that's that's not the most interesting um, series of the summer because of, 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 of the mid year, because of the, as I say, because I think it's a bit lopsided. That game kicks off at 3 a.m. Sunday morning, New Zealand time. Yeah. Um, so, that's going to be uh, one that I watch uh, uh,
1: delayed, uh-huh. I think, rather than live. Yes. Um, I think the most interesting uh, game this weekend is going to be the COVID test. The COVID. <laughs> <laughs> the COVID test in New Zealand. I... Like, who's going to play? Who's going to coach? <laughs> <laughs> who's it's, well, it? could be like a lucky dip on Saturday. Who's we don't know. Let's see who wakes up and, and, and is clear on their rat test on Saturday morning. It's a lucky packet of, of, of licorice, all sorts of selection for Saturday.
0: Well, I think we have got two. We've got two cracking series, don't we? We've got Ireland, uh, New Zealand, Ireland, which is um, third versus or third hosting fourth, um, and Australia, England, um, sixth hosting fifth in the world. So two, uh, two, two series where that are where, where the, 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 the closely matched. Um, I think the um, the New Zealand, Ireland one, as you say, is going to be um, the big one um, because uh, actually, um, Simon Hughes has pointed out that um, I've just Scotland might be the most competitive of them all. Uh, at uh, seventh, uh, visiting eighth, um, but anyway, um, we're not. We're going to we're going to stay clear of that one, and uh, and and talk more about the ones that I actually know something about. Um, the I've
1: um, never time. stopped a man talking before,
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah. So New Zealand Island, um, Island have won five, three out of the last five games um, against New Zealand, which is a record that um, very few uh, sides have ever had. Um, against uh, the the All Blacks, they have never won though in New Zealand, which is um, yes, okay. So Africa also also held, held us in the record, but I say very few sites. Um, the um, but uh, they're arriving here in New Zealand with the opportunity uh, for them to win their first ever game, never mind series, um, in on New Zealand soil. So um, this is uh, a uh, is is, is as, as I said on a. Uh, show I recorded for um, for an irish radio show uh to me this is the, probably the biggest test the biggest series uh, to come to new zealand uh except the all blacks so except for the british irish lions um for over a decade uh you've got to remember now that the springboks don't really tour um uh, to, to, to to new zealand um because we know that that, that that is the main rivalry um for the all blacks but um, uh yeah this is this is going to be what this is going to be the biggest tour uh, since well, what well, ex- excluding the Lions for, for a very long time, um, uh, mm. to these shores, and I think it's great that they've added in a couple of midweek games, um, mm. against the Maori All Blacks as well. Well, mm. uh, which uh, gives it a bit more of a John makes a bit more of a um makes it feel a bit more like a tour as well, doesn't it? And we've just lost John as he's either unplugged from his uh from his uh, computer. Yes. Oh, there we go.
1: There we go. That's better. Okay. That's better. I don't know what happened there. Um, certainly, it's a tremendous opportunity to blood players via either the Maori All Blacks for New Zealand's playing depth and for Ireland to be able to bring a larger squad and be able to expose um, some players to the, the rigors of very high. I mean, the Maori All Blacks are as good a team as probably the top maybe six or seven international teams Uh, just depends on how much time they have together to gel. but certainly on a talent basis the extraordinary depth of talent in New Zealand means that the Maori All Blacks are certainly talent wise as good as anything from six or seven down in world rankings Uh, so a great opportunity to grow depth in both squads and create that sense of, as you mentioned,
0: that sense. Okay, and uh, looks like we've, we've lost uh, John's um, connect. His uh, cable into his computer is not working again. Uh, Johan asks, "Who's coaching the Mariel Blacks?" Um, it's the same coach they've had for a number of years now, um, which is uh, Clayton McMillan, who is also the head coach of the um, of the Chiefs. Uh, he'll be uh, helped by. Um, Roger Randall and I've forgotten who the other assistant coach is um, on that one. Um, there, um, the looking at the side um, with um, with Ash Dixon having headed overseas, it's, uh, there there's there's a change of captaincy, um, and uh, he takes a lot of mana with him. Um, but uh, so Norris Eklund Lomax is your front row. Lomax I think, was unlucky to make not to make the um, the All Blacks. Um, Uh, Josh Dixon and Isa Walker-Lorry in that uh, uh, engine room. One of those will probably.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role.
0: and Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You get called up, probably Josh Dixon to the All Blacks after this game or after, um, because of the uh, injury to um, Josh Lord. Uh, Yalusi's swafo uh Harmon and um, Grace. Um, Colin Grace, another player that a lot of people talk about should have been, potentially should have been in the All Blacks um Weber Joshuani uh there in that um Chiefs combo 9-10 um Pohippi and uh Proc- Billy Proctor that is uh in the centers with um Connie Garden Bashapur I think we see more at fullback than so it will be interesting to see how he goes in the left wing there um Stevenson and Zahn Sullivan um at fullback um interestingly enough TJ Piranara is co-captain on the bench with Brad Weber being the other captain um and also um Another one, interesting one, seeing um, Balen Sullivan. So Zan Sullivan and Balen Sullivan brothers but have never played together um, at provincial level or above. Um, so it would be the first time those two playing together uh, or, or possibly playing together, depending on how the substitutions go um, there as well. So, look, I think it's a, um, it's a nice mix of experience uh, and young guns, um, particularly off the bench with Ruben Love, um, another player um, able to come on there. Um, so uh, yeah, look, I'm I'm I, I'd, uh, I'm liking the balance of this, but I guess yeah, you, you, one of the point you made there was um, that the yeah, the Maori All blacks do not get uh, basically much, if any, preparation time. Uh, they also spend time uh, doing uh, talking about culture and uh, uh, and and, and, re- and looking at their Maori culture, um, particularly if some of the boys haven't necessarily been brought up in a Maori uh, or cultural. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, household. Um, so um, yeah, it is. It's a tall ask to pull the team together at such short notice uh, against an um, Ireland side. But but we've not seen um, how oh, I've gone blank. How Farrell will use this this game? What kind of side he'll pick? So um, uh, look, I think it's it's it's, t- it's totally unpredictable as to who will actually win it. Um, but I think it should be a cracking game of two uh, kind of barren- barbarian esque sides. Um, in, in the amount of preparation that they've actually had um, for this game, and uh, my media pass hasn't come through yet, but I'll chase it up tomorrow. Hopefully, I'll be able to get along to um, to that game. Uh, do we have you back, John? No, we don't. Um, I uh, can't hear you at all, I'm afraid. Sorry, uh, you might have to take your headphones off and um, and just uh, and just go with the uh, the, no. the, the microphone. yeah, we can get you now.
1: Can you hear me now? Yep, we got you back now. Yep. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I think um, the match result matters, of course, hugely to the Maori All Blacks, and um, but I think it matters less to the the Irish team as opposed to their individual performances and their ability to prepare. And I think it's more about the spectacle of the game than it is um, the actual result remembering that for um, that there's a special relationship that has developed between Ireland and the Māori All Blacks ever since the wonderful gesture when the Māori All Blacks played. Um, where is it at Leinster, Munster, where the coach had died very suddenly with a heart attack? And the tremendous gesture that they made for the, for the coach of Leinster. It was Leinster, right? No, Munster. Munster for Munster's, uh, the coach's sons, you know, and the presentation of a Maori all-black jersey to them and the haka and the honour that they showed. And it just was something so special about the the brotherhood of rugby. And so, yeah, I think um, there's some really special ties were developed at that stage between the Maori all-blacks and Irish rugby itself. So, yeah, I think it's more about a celebration on Wednesday rather than a... um, you know, chalk one into the record books, and we're going to, and hold this win over. Whereas Saturday is certainly about winning, absolutely. Oh yeah, I
0: mean, for say, so also the that's um the island coaching squad will be concentrating on beating the All Blacks. So how much have they had? To, how much uh, focus will there have been within the squad about this? About uh, training for the way the Maori All Blacks play, etc. Uh, and knowing the opposition, so um, from that point of view, I think yes, the, the island team will not be preparing uh, for this game in the same way they'll be preparing for the for, for Saturday. So, um, look, I've not seen the island side named yet. Has um, been also mentioned in the uh, uh, the live chat. Um, so, but so look, should be I'm looking. It should be a cracking game. Uh, apparently, it's on Prime as well as um, Sky. So, it's on free to air. That might be on a delay. I'm not, I don't know. Um, but um, it'd be good to get that one, uh, say, uh, on free to air, so people can actually. Um, watch it so the big one then uh, the all blacks versus ireland um, the uh, uh having looked at some um, some of the sides that uh, have that, that, that have been picked out there and people have put down for their starting 15 um and looking at my starting 15 um, um the, the the front the row front is probably uh, going to be um uh, f- fairly settled or, 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 or fairly predictable with Bauer um, Takiyalaho and Luolala probably there, in the engine room we know it's going to be Brady Retallick and Sam Whitelock um, but the big, the first big question mark comes in at uh, in, in the Lucys uh, everyone's expecting Ardi Surveyor to be at 8, Sam Kane obviously the captain at 7, but that number 6 jersey has been a problem jersey ever since well um, Kano um, left it really um, but um, but definitely at the moment, that is a that, that 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 is a big question mark. Do they go for um, a, uh, um, a, a carrying number six um, in the um, Kiriwani? Do they go for sort of a carrying number eight in that six role in the Hoskins Tutu or Gus Peter Sawakula? or do they go for the, the um, for another seven in or, or a seven slash six uh, or six and a half in Lehi? Um, John any sort of thoughts as to how you think they'll go with that one
1: well New Zealand is always better when they have an out and out seven and I think I've said many times on this on this show that um, Roddy Sevier is not a true seven he's an incredible rugby player and amazingly athletic um, but he's not a true seven Sam Kane is a seven so from that perspective and by the way there's it's not as if there's a whole lot of sevens running around in new zealand rugby at the moment um which is really interesting in that um this was this country new zealand was was the birthplace of of the true um uh, open side flanker and always seemed to have this uh, a secret stock of them but uh, that makes a huge difference remembering always remember that the primary function of a number seven is not to turn the ball over, or even to slow the ball down. That's important, but it's not his primary function. His primary function is to secure your own ball. It is to make sure that that you. you I mean, no no player can attend every ruck, um, and few players can can impact every uh, every second ruck. So somewhere around around every 2.1 rucks that take place on your own carry that your open-sider is making sure that he blows away and clears whoever is trying to obstruct the ball. And that Sam Kane is, is really, really good at. Plus, of course, he's good at turning the ball over. The question, as you say, becomes who is your ball carrier? Because part of the issues that they have had is Kieran Reid um, was such a good option in the lineouts. that's something that's forgotten. Is that when they come up against uh, really good lineout operatives like um, the Springboks, for instance, who have a number of tall players that that they utilise, and not just as as jumpers, but they use a lot of their tall players as lifters, and so they might um, target and and target the, for instance, All black lineout by using tall players as lifters, so. Where are the options where they can get a third jumper? And this is the issue: is with Sam Kane, Adi Severe, um, and Hoskins Satutu, Who is going to jump in the lineup? This is the balance that you have to look at. Now, I'm as much as you saw on um, on Saturday how the Crusaders picked apart uh, the Blues lineup and the terrible effect that had on their ability to play. Um, New Zealand rugby is so dependent on quick ball, the whole structure of how New Zealand plays. To me, this is my personal opinion, the number one um, priority should be the balance of the loose forwards when it comes to playing the ball on the ground. And if you then have to go with your second best option when it comes to the line-outs, well, then so be it, right? Um, But yeah, that's just my particular opinion. Uh, you just we just don't have. I mean, Jerome kind of took the odd lineup ball, but really, it was the ability to play him was made possible by how Kieran Reed could soar in the lineup. So, how they get that balance right and where they're going to get their options, and I remember as well that in these tests they are highly unlikely to show some of the options that they've got planned for next year's World Cup in dealing with this exact issue. You know.
0: Yeah. True, but there's um. There is, and um, I'll, I'll, I'll head down a rabbit hole at this point. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on Ian Foster. Um, that's not yeah. been helped by some of the comments that have come out from Razor recently, um, but, which was like, a, like uh, somewhat along the lines of, um, "Do I have to win uh, 10 Super Rugby high titles before I can be the All Blacks head coach?" Um, it felt like that's what they wanted me to do before when I was being interviewed. Um, do I uh, uh, um, being asked, "Would he would he be would he be up for the um, the Wallabies uh, head coaching role?" He was like, um, "Well, look." uh i i i pinned my my sort of heart on, on the all blacks one and i didn't get it so yeah i've got to keep i've got to keep my options open and see what uh, see what comes along so look there's a whole bunch of pressure on the the current coaching setup uh and to lose a game for the first time ever to ireland um would um uh, would, 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 would be a massive blow to them i think they will do to be honest with you um what's happened this week around covid um has, has made it also kind of interesting uh, because the top three coaches are all out. Brian Moore is now the, uh, the only coach left standing, um, as you kind of uh, alluded to at the beginning of the show. Uh, and um, Joe Smith has come in to help out. Now, if the All Blacks win this weekend against Ireland, does that actually weaken the position of Ian Foster? Because, hey, look, they win without you, mate. You're actually the thing that's holding them back. Um, <laughs> um, it's one of that uh, weird... Um, uh, funny uh, situations, yeah, actually, where actually, where actually, uh, uh, there'd be in some ways might be better off losing. F- would Ian Foster would, would be position be strengthened by the All Blacks losing rather than winning? Uh, because he's not there, um, kind of thing. Uh, I think one of the reasons Razor hasn't been called in is that clearly, um, there's uh, there's tension between him and Foster. There isn't the same thing with Joe Smith, but yeah, does, does Joe Smith get the praise if the All Blacks win rather than Ian Foster this weekend? Um, I think there's a I think there's a lot of pressure on that side that they can't afford to hide too much, uh, in case they do lose, um, and we, and what situation that leaves Ian Foster in, though, um, John.
1: Yeah, I, I feel for for Foster, I really do, um, I've met the man. Um, he he's a genuinely decent man, um, and you can you can see that the moment you meet him. This is a genuinely decent dude. Um, And it's very clear that from the word go, the knives were out before he even took his first test. If if he had won every game between taking over and now, then um, the media would be writing it up as a terrible time in world rugby because the there's no, comp- there's no real competition for the All Blacks, right? That's how they would be writing it. They wouldn't be giving him any credit. And any time he's done anything good, um, it's always been the players that have done well, some other secondary coach that's done well, the paucity of of the opposition. He, he gets zero credit, right? So I, I feel for him. He's on a hiding tonight. It doesn't matter what happens. The knives are out for him. And it's not just um, among the media, who definitely have a, an agenda, but it's also among most of the New Zealand rugby public that just don't see any good in him whatsoever. And uh, I, f- I feel for the man because he is a genuinely good guy. And um, he's done some some good things with the All Blacks. Does that mean that uh, uh, Razor Roberts would be... Uh, wouldn't be better? Yeah, he may well be, but it doesn't. It, to me, it just—it's—it um, smacks of an agenda. Just how personal their attacks have been on Foster.
0: Uh, yeah, so part of it's uh, I'm not, i think some of it um, is uh, not actually sort of personal against him, but I think it's against the uh, the old boys' network um, that we that's that's seen uh, as that the, the news in rugby has seen as being uh because let's be honest look ian hansen got the uh, um, ha- um yeah ha- hansen got the job um after being ted's um assistant uh foster got it after being uh, hansen's assistant uh it seemed like yeah you, you kind of um you, 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 you're uh, yeah that, that's how you come through uh, it's the, the old boys network um he never won anything at super rugby level um or, or provincial level which um Meant that even though he hadn't been head coach for ten years, people were, were looking at his record from ten years before. Going well, what's he won? Well, he's won a World Cup as a uh, assistant coach, but not as a head coach. Um, mm. um, so, um,
1: the, but um, also there's a there's a lack of understanding in New Zealand about the primary role of coaches at Super Rugby level. It's different to any other coach. Australia. Uh, South Africa when they were still part, Argentina. The primary role for a super rugby coach in New Zealand is not to win the super rugby. It's to produce All Blacks.
0: Well, the primary role of
1: super rugby is to produce All Blacks, but their their role is to... No, but hear me out. He produced All Blacks for uh, Ted, Uncle Ted, for Graham Henry... He produced All Blacks for him, including notoriously difficult All Blacks. So players with some attitude problems like Sioni luaki he brought them through. Um, players with injury issues like Sidoveni Sivivatu, he brought them through. So there were a whole bunch of players that he brought through. He did get to a final where... He got where his team got soundly thumped by the Bulls. Yes, that's true. But he brought a continuous stream of talent to the All Blacks, and that's why he got the job. Because he produced on his primary goal, which was to produce All Blacks. And he was producing highly skilled All Blacks, including some difficult characters, and that's why he got the job.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, he's not some... Uh, not, not not only is he seen as being part of the old sort of old boys club, he's also not charismatic in the media. whereas yes. let's be honest, um, yes, Razor is. Um, and yes that, he's very
1: um, he's a very charismatic um, fellow.
0: Doesn't doesn't help um, um, as well. Um, anyway, so but so yeah, so it's it's, it's going to be fun. The the number of um, uh, kind of uh, sideline stories or stuff around this game this weekend is also quite high with that kind of thing going on. Um, Personally, I would go with Papi As John says, it's about securing that ball. Um, and um, whilst I s- now after the um, I don't think the saying no scrum, no win applies anymore. But I, I think it's now no line no win it does apply. But I still think that um, Whitelock and Ritalic on their own um, can secure enough ball um, in that uh, in, in that space. Um, into the halves, then we know it's going to be Smith and jo- Smith and Bowden Barrett. Um, the uh, the next big question, though, is those centres, um, which uh, hasn't been helped by Havili and Goodhue, both going down with COVID. Um, I also read uh, somewhere now on, on a tweet now who up to you as to how much you want to want to put on Twitter. But some um, that um, both Tapia and um, Rico Wani were showing symptoms, but not testing positive. So um, we'll have to see um, whether. Those two um, will um, uh, will make it, and white like, so Smith is under injury crowd. Well, if Smith is under injury crowd, then um, christy will start instead. Um, By the for, way, uh, what is the
1: status on? of Anton Leonard Brown? Oh, he's out for the year. For the whole year. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so we're looking at basically um, if uh, so. Personally, I think it'll be Tapia um, and Rika Irwani um, in there. Uh, but so uh, look, it is a th- th- those two jerseys, twelve and thirteen, are up for grabs. Um, I know a lot of people are saying Rico has got that thirteen jersey um, tied up, but for me, he still needs to pass more to the outside men um, and be a, a little bit less um, uh, a, a, a little bit less um, selfish on that one. Um, mm. And um, but if those two are also sick, then it does come down to being RTS and Um uh, Lester Fanguku, who's originally picked as a um as a winger, but two debutants in that centre pairing, that would be a massive ask up against a Bundiaki Henshaw or Henshaw Ringrose um or mm. Bundiaki Ringrose um combination. So boy oh boy. Um it's starting to look very thin in the centres there, John.
1: Well, the thing that I, I keep on thinking to me is um when it comes to thirteen, who has the best pass?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Who it's has the like best pass? That's
0: why I like to what's have Anson, well, it's why I like an answer, Leonard Brown or, or Josh Goodhue in there. Um, but yes. um, but that's not what <laughs> that's not what everyone's seeing at the moment, and um, they're looking at players like, as I say, Rico Iwani or let's find Rico, who's who's a well, what is
1: Rico Iwani's post to his outsides like?
0: Oh, it doesn't exist. <laughs>
1: Very mm. So I mean. Uh, I'm not a big civil Reese fan, but I certainly am. Uh, uh, Caleb Clark's in a play, right?
0: Uh, he's 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 in the squad. I I personally wouldn't. I don't think he'll get selected, but he's in the squad.
1: Who do you think will play?
0: So the back three, I'm expecting Jordy Barrett to be 15. Will Jordan will be in the 14 jersey. That 11 jersey is up for up for grabs. I would think it would be Seb Um I think he's got the uh, the form and the runs on and the and the uh, runs on the board. Um, and that Caleb Clark would miss out. Um, but uh, Caleb Clark could get that 11 jersey uh, instead of Reese.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one. You know, I don't know Caleb Clark's form well enough, but gee, um, his talent level is just off the charts.
0: Yep. Unfortunately for him, he headed off to the sevens um, and basically missed last year. So doesn't have the runs on the board as far as the All Blacks are concerned. Um and then I think he's had a couple of injuries this season that hasn't really had a full season um, of, um, uh, of of Super Rugby either to, to, to prove himself. But maybe he'll prove himself in the camp. Maybe he will. As you say, he is a super, superbly talented player. Um, but uh, uh, I, I say I don't think that 11 jersey is a problem. Whether you put Caleb Clark or, or Severi's in there, that's fine. It's that 12-13 combination. Hmm. Um, that's going to be the problem there.
1: And would they, if necessary, move Ioani there uh, to eleven? Was he considered to have lost his step?
0: I don't think he's considered to have lost his step. I think he was a thirteen all the way through age grades, and he's sees himself to the thirteen, and he's saying, "I want to play 13. Okay. Um, the other option of is also is that Jordy Barrett um, has been a twelve all the way through age grades, um, and has stated he wants to play twelve. Has played more. Has played some twelve there with the Hurricanes. So he could also get put into 12, especially as Aaron says with the COVID mm-hmm. situation. If um if T'Pier also goes down, then yeah, there's a there's a good mm-hmm. shout for being um Geordie Ge- um, Geordie, um at, at 12. So that back line at the moment, that center combination in particular, I say is is a concern. Um mm-hmm. the you could have zero um, center or 12-13 jersey um, international caps. In that combination, uh, up against a um, uh, up against a, a, um, uh, mm. a an experienced one. Um, as not am talking about, Kiriwani also wants to play 13. He does, but um, he has to wear six and, and range mm. out.
1: Well, I liked um, I liked Aaron's remark. If they about the um, Geordie Barrett moving to 12, if they need to do that with COVID positive testing, um, who would they play at fullback?
0: Oh, well, Jordan then switches to fullback and then you put um, uh, okay. either Sophie Reese on the right and Caleb Clark on the left, or you can go uh, lesser 5 okay. on the right. Um, so mm-hmm. there's, yeah, there's, there's, those options aren't, that's not a problem. A lot of people actually want Will Jordan at 15. I I want him at 14 because having two solid guys under the high ball against a kicking Northern Hemisphere side, I think is a good idea. Um, and so having, mm-hmm. having him at 14 in that traditional fullback 14, like Israel, like Israel Dagg, um, obviously, um, oh, Ben Smith, uh, Corey um, Jane. It's, it's it's something that the All Blacks have done for a long time now. Um. So at the moment, I think it's going to be Tapia and Owani, unless they're sick, and i will say Reece Jordan and, ba- and, and Jordy Barrett for me at those those, um, in those uh, back three positions. Um. The, the, what's the word I am uh, uh, looking for? Um, So, yes, that's kind of what I think the All Blacks uh, 15s will look like. Um, uh, I'll put out my predictions for the international games on our Patreon. um, So uh, keep an eye out for um, for that, folks, um, over the uh, next couple of days. But, yeah, this is massive um, game this weekend there. Australia versus England then. Um, also I'm I'm not saying much about Ireland. Oh, so one thing I should say about Ireland is they've also got COVID in their um, squad. Mack Hansen um, has tested positive, so he is out, or probably out for this weekend, um, as well as injuries to Ian Henderson and um, Rob Herring. Um, and they're flying another player out. Um, Neil uh, Scannell, uh, sorry, Niall Scannell, um, uh for uh, for that as well so folks so look it's uh, not just um, the all blacks that's um mm-hmm. that um, uh, having a problem uh, that they're having uh, issues um, i think most a lot of squads will do over the next um, week couple of weeks mm-hmm. um, for that one um australia versus england then um this australian squad is looking pretty settled now um mm-hmm. With your players like your Quade Cooper's, your Karevi's coming back. Um, mm. The- uh, Karevi's key. I think Dave <laughs> um, Rennie's really got them going in the right direction heading into this um, heading into this England series.
1: Look, they Australia almost always have such smart backs, uh, skilled, fundamentally well-skilled, well-drilled, good option takers passing left and right of both hands really well, it all comes down to the forwards. You know, in the tight five, can they front up in the tight five? And if they can get parity, they, through sheer smarts, can win test matches. Um, But can their tight five stand up to, let's call it now, the big... The other big one, two, three, four teams. So the the forward packs of France, the uh, England, uh, the All Blacks, and South Africa. And um, and this is where the you'll start seeing Dave Rennie wanting to separate the men from the boys. Who can he depend upon in his tight five? Who can he lean on? Um, to take to the World Cup, that's the big thing.
0: The um, England through a combination <clears throat> of um, injuries and uh, just Eddie Jones bloody-mindedness um, have got a whole bunch of name. Got a bunch of names there that uh, that some I don't recognise. So I'm really looking forward to yeah, see how yeah. some of those go. Yeah. Um, he is um, playing his game of I'll bring players back from uh, the cold as Danny Care. Um Mako and uh Billy Vinopola both come back into the into the squad as well. Um, two players who haven't been part of the squad for twelve months. So uh yeah, look it what England side will turn up, don't go watching the Six Nations to try and find out because as I say, there's a whole bunch of players there that weren't involved in the Six Nations. So um uh, it's a um, it's it's gonna be really interesting to see how that goes. Um mm. Turner Wright says, will Marcus Smith and um, Farrell gel? Well, that's a massive question. And how will Farrell cope um, with Karevi charging down his uh, channel the whole time? Um, and, and having uh, to tackle legally. And having to, exactly. And having to tackle legally. So um, lots of question marks. So I'm really looking forward to um, that, uh, that game as well. That game will be, um, I expect straight after um, the All Blacks Island game. So um uh, yes, as you can see, I'm wearing my England jersey already. Um, I've got my England, oops, England jersey, all Blacks jersey, and Lions jersey, all in the background there, folks. So I'm all ready for uh, all of this. Um, uh, all of this, uh, uh, what do you call it? It's, um, gone blank now. Uh, all of this international weekend. Um, we're running out of time, John. I've just realised I forgot to mention the Pacific Nations Cup games this weekend. There's also Australia A versus Samoa and Fiji versus Tonga on top of all of those games. Um, what's going to be a really interesting? One from that one, I think, for a lot of us, will be uh, what's been what's the impact now of the uh, three-year rule, where players can change um, nationality. Uh, Tonga, in particular, um, being the side <coughs> um, that has got a lot of players uh, coming into it, um, such as um, uh, Falau. Um, um, uh, oh, I've blank. Um, Charles Piattel. Um, hmm. the um, Exor Black Center as well.
1: Oh, seen,
0: no, wasn't thinking about Issa Um, I was thinking Charles of, Pieter,
1: you mentioned Pieter, already.
0: Um,
1: but um, oh, um, uh, I know exactly who I played for the Highlanders. Um, yes, Malachi um, Fekitoa,
0: Fekitoa yep. Yeah. Um, so, um, really going to be too slow,
1: nocturnal rights, too slow.
0: It <laughs> <you> just got. <laughs> Um, so look, so I think uh, how Tonga go with all those players coming back um, up against um, uh, Fiji is going to be really, really kind of interesting um, on uh, on on that one. I think that's going to me that's the biggest um, piece that's going to be interesting from from these games. Great to see Australia going out there to um, uh, to, to make it a round robin thing. Um, yep, um, there was a suggestion earlier that um, the Maori All Blacks could have gone absolutely, but then they wouldn't be able to play the Island games. Um, you can't play shit Wednesday and then Saturday. My voice is about to give out. I've done too much talking. Um, and Richard Sterling, yes, send me a Warriors jersey. You're quite right. I need a Warriors jersey for this back for this backdrop as well. Thank you, John, for joining me. Um, it's been a long, a uh, long hour. Um, have a uh, great, um, uh, have a great week, everybody. Do join us, uh, obviously, on the old Twitters during the uh, rugby games. Um, I'll be back on uh, Monday night with the Troy Bit More Show. Join um, Richard uh, and Brad on Wednesday night for the NRL show where they talk about um, that fantastic atmosphere for both the men's and women's um, uh, Kiwis versus Tonga game um, plus Origin um, plus um, uh, Samoa, BG, Papua New Guinea were all involved in uh, the uh, Rugby League international games at um, the weekend.